If you want to get stuff done, then you have come to the right place. This is the Get Stuff Done podcast, brought to you in association with RDI Worldwide, a weekly interview series with prominent and diverse people from around the world who will share their own unique insights on what it takes to get stuff done and their personal strategies for doing so. My name is Gordon Dudley, the creator of the Get Stuff Done project and host of this podcast. Thank you so much for being with us. We hope you enjoy this episode and would love to hear your feedback anytime. Let's get stuff done. Hello and welcome to the Get Stuff Done podcast. My name is Gordon Dudley, your host, and I am absolutely thrilled to be bringing you another episode of the podcast with a fantastic special guest. Today, uh, I'm joined by Sandra Benson. Sandra is the VP of Industry Strategy at Procore. She is a seasoned professional in the construction industry, and her expertise and thought leadership at Procore's cloud-based construction software platform has taken her on a fantastic career spanning many decades. She has also been serving as the board member of the National Institute of Building Sciences, and her extensive industry knowledge across several organizations is something that made me realize that she is a fantastic example of someone who likes to get stuff done and has also got a lot of stuff done. <laughs> so I'm really happy to have her on the podcast. Uh, welcome, Sandra. Thank you. I am honored to be here. I'm looking forward to speaking with you. And now, Sandra, I'd like to let everybody know where we met. Uh, it was actually here in Seoul uh, mm-hmm. a couple of months back. You were over for a speaking engagement at that time. Yes, it was um, It was great to meet you there. But yes, it was uh, uh, an equity forum, essentially, um, but it was put on by the United Nations Women's Forum. And I think the title was Breaking Glass Ceilings. Um, so we had, they had several speakers from different industries and the idea was the most underrepresented industries for women, they had a speaker on and those industries are finance, technology and infrastructure construction. Um, and of the three infrastructure construction is the least, uh, there are the least females in that industry. Um, so that's what I was brought over to talk about, which is what are the opportunities? What are the challenges? Why would someone want to go into this industry? Um, so it was great. It, we had way more people, as you know, than we thought. Amazing engagement. Uh, just a really great event. I really enjoyed it. And I got to meet you as well. And, you know, it seems, you know, for me, um, I I do, you know, a certain amount of public speaking and uh, events uh, that I host, but but you also seem uh, really comfortable and and natural on stage. Have you always had uh, such a strong presence? (laughs) Thank you for saying that. No, not necessarily. In fact, I will say I still don't feel like I am uh, particularly comfortable. But one thing I have learned is that I am a person who talks with my hands and moves. So I have very much learned that if you put me behind a lectern and just, you know, like I do that, that 
it's just not the way I, I work. So I found that my best presentations are ones where I can move around, you know, sort of look at different parts of the audience. And um, yeah, and I think the other thing when I first started doing some public speaking is I felt like I had to sort of follow a script and make sure that I, you know, because I was nervous and I've actually learned now just do an outline. And then I just speak as if you and I are speaking. Um, and I, I do think, though, over time, it, it gets a little more comfortable. It's um, when there's language translation, you you worry a little. Uh, but the way they did it in, in South Korea was fabulous. It was like right on time translation. Mm -hmm. I have spoken in China, which is a little more interesting because you say a few words, pause. And then the translator speaks and then you say, and that is um, a little, it, 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 it knocks you off your game, I guess you would say. Right. A little bit. Yeah. The flow is, the flow is interrupted to, to a certain right. extent. Okay. So as you know, the, the title and topic of this, of this podcast is Getting Stuff Done. And if you look at your track records, there is no doubt on any kind of measure that you have achieved a tremendous amount. Uh, what is it that uh, really drives you? What, what, what is it that, that kind of makes you get out of bed every morning and just go and, and, and get so much stuff done, quite simply? So first, I'd like to say that every single morning I wake up and I'm excited and that that wouldn't exactly be true. However, um, for the most part, that is true. Um, and I think it relates to doing what you love. Um, so for me, I love what I do. And when I say that, it, it is the company I work for, but it's also the industry. I have, mm -hmm. I love the construction industry. I think it's, it's offered me amazing opportunities that I don't think I would have ever had anywhere else. And now for two things I enjoy. One is helping more women uh, come into the industry. But secondly, is to see technology has finally got, you know, with the idea of cloud computing and uh, collaborative platform, I actually believe we can make real progress in this industry um, where I don't know that I saw that, we'll say, you know, five or six years ago. So, uh, yeah, I feel like I want to put my stamp on it before I go right off into the into the sunset. Um, and speaking is something I enjoy, not just public speaking, but just talking with people uh, about that and uh, learning, which is really nice. Yeah. But I mean, most people, you know, they keep they're, they're pretty much busy uh, doing their like day job. And <laughs> and that usually, you know, uh, you know, is is kind of enough for them. But you but you add entire extra layers of of. Uh, work and engagements. It, it seems you have a, a kind of a mission uh, to 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 do more. Where does that come from? Has, has that something that you know, right at the start of your career, you you were doing kind of like uh, more than more than average, or you know, I don't think so. In the beginning, um, I think I was pretty you know, just focus on trying to do my job and, you know, overstressed, not as confident, you know, that kind of thing. 
Um, I will say I started teaching Pilates um, about 20 years ago. And I did that because I loved how it made me feel. So that was something I did on the side and actually still do. This part now is for me, it's, it's the best time. Because yes, I do have my job at ProBorch, I love. But it was such an honor, literally an honor to, um, to serve on the board of directors of this National Institute of Building Sciences. Um, and so does that mean I work a little more? Yes, uh, it does. But um, I really, I think there's so many things going on in our world, in the built environment. There's so many natural and man-made disasters, unfortunately, that are happening. So it's almost, it is work, but it's almost, it's rewarding in that you're trying to see what can we do with these kind of things to build more resilient buildings or how do we do mitigation? And this board actually advises, uh, we were established by the U.S. Congress and we report to the president once a year. So that's a big honor. So from that perspective, I don't, um, I don't mind the extra work. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like work in that, in that sense, I guess. Um, okay. Yes, it does. So, Tell tell us a little bit about what your kind of um, uh, personal technique is for for having you know a, um, a a good day, making sure that you you get what you need to get done. Like, do you have any kind of uh, special techniques or, or strategies that that tell you, allow you to do those things? I do, and they have evolved over time. Um, okay. I am a fairly type A person. Um, so it was very difficult for me. I was always like, have to get everything done before I leave. And this was, you know, earlier on. I do have a few strategies that I try to use. I will say uh, international travel sometimes will, will, you know, sort of take me off my game. But in general, I do a few things. Um, I try to take about, let's say that I, I decide I need to leave work at, I don't know, 6.30, something like that. I try to take about 15 minutes and literally block that off at the end of the day. And this may sound very old fashioned, but I literally just do a list of here's all the things I need, either didn't get done or I need to do. What I don't do is try to prioritize those or anything. I just put them down. So that they're there. Um, and because for me, if I don't do that, I'll be sleeping. And this still happens sometimes. I'll be sleeping at night and something will come into my head. So I do that. Um, there's also a little trick that I do. And uh, I, you will see if it works for, you know, most of us, if we wake up in the middle of the night, it's really sad. But we will still look at our phone. You know, and um, and then, of course, your brain goes into a different thing. So I have two screensavers. I have one with a picture of my dog on it. Right. And I have another one that's set. And at night, it's like, don't do it. <laughs> the screensaver has like three words. Don't do it. So when I look at it, it's like, OK, don't you know. So it doesn't always, it doesn't mean I don't always I will do it, but it is of a subliminal, you know, kind of thing. It's silly, but, you know, using technology is good from that perspective. Um, the morning thing is interesting. I, um, 
I don't know about you. I have heard so much and I believe so much in the power of meditation. So I'll say that. On the other hand, I think I am the worst meditator in the world. I have tried it. I have done guided. I've been seated. I've been trying not to think, you know, all kinds of things. Because I seriously think it's very good for you. Um, but what I do, um, I found this little, uh, it's a it's a website I could, or an app. But basically it has a five minute, it has five minute, 10 minute, 20 minute, whatever. But there is a five minute called morning meditation. And I figure, you know, I can do five minutes. And I do it before I even get out of bed, because once I get out of bed and look at this thing, you know, it's game over. And so it's set as right with my alarm. And it's, okay. it's really nice. It's like, you know, good morning. Welcome to another day. You know, whatever it is. And, and honestly, that kind of helps put me in the right frame of mind. Um, secondly, I believe, and you asked about public speaking as well. I believe it's really important to breathe properly you know, to to really breathe properly for your health, for your posture, for, you know, your sense of authority, any of those kind of things. So we have Pilates has a sort of exercise called the wall. I could show it to you at some point, but essentially it's just sort of lining yourself against a wall and, you know, making sure your neck is long and your shoulders are down. So it really helps you. I do that a lot, too, before I go, even like before this or public speaking. Because it resets me. My brain is like, you know, I'm in my body, right? Um, so I do that. Um, I'd like to, I have tried to say, okay, I'm not going to look at this phone or anything. I'm just going to start, you know, in the morning. But unfortunately, I usually do look at fires. Okay, what happened overnight that, you know, is there something that's just burning? And, you know, there usually is something one or two. But as I mentioned, that list that I do at night, first mm -hmm. thing I do in the morning is try to prioritize that list. Okay. Uh, you know, so if I try to do that at night, then I'm already scheduling my day in my head that night. So I try to do that in the day. And I think the, one of the hard things is to give yourself permission that there may be B's and C's that you just can't get to. And that's just okay. Um, and that was really hard for me. I would work, you know, crazy. And I think if you put something in the C, everyone can have their own definitions. But mm -hmm. it would be good to get it done. But it would be okay either if you do it tomorrow or even maybe it doesn't even get done at all. Maybe it's a nice to have. Um Otherwise, you can just get, and I don't know if it's, you know, there's always that old stereotype that women are multitask and, and men are very, you know, directly focused. I don't know if that's 100% true, but I can speak for myself. I very easily can get into multitasking. Um, and, you know, particularly with technology, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Thankfully, when I'm speaking to you right now, I'm not looking at anything else. I'm speaking directly to you. So that helps me. Um, and I would say speaking on that, after the, the pandemic and that kind of thing, um, I found that I was just getting really stressed. Of course, there was a pandemic going on. But we went to Zoom world. And I think what when you're sitting in a meeting across from someone, you generally aren't looking at your phone and doing things because that's rude, right? You wouldn't want to do that. You're, you know, you're engaged in a conversation. 
But I found on a Zoom when I'm just a little square, it's like, okay, you know, I can do this and I do that. And, and actually, I found that I think that's a time waster. Because if you really sit and just be engaged, now when I say I do these things, it doesn't mean I don't mess them up frequently, but these are my goals. Mm-hmm. Um, if I am engaged in the conversation, it's actually a lot better for me. And I learned this when I was a little kid in school. I would always sit on the front row, which is, you know, kind of strange. But I did that because I have a really good memory. And I learned if I just sat at the front row and listened, most of it went into my head and my homework was virtually none. So it's kind of the Zoom thing. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm looking at you. I'm listening to you. Um, and so those are, I don't know if that works for everyone, but those are some of the, the tricks, if you will, that I do to try to get through what can be a very busy day. I mean, that's, that's absolutely fantastic, Sandra. And, and, and that's why I was definitely keen to get you on because, you, you know, you've, You've illustrated a full circle. End of day, uh, preparing for the next day. Uh, the don't do it um, at, at night, uh, which I absolutely love. Definitely guilty of that. The, the morning start and then getting you through the day as well. I think I need to try that that wall technique um, as well. Yes, that sounds it's, like a, a really it's very thing. easy, and I will be happy to show it to you. It, it's very easy to do, and it just centers you. Um, because you do speaking as well. And even if you don't do speaking, just to kind of like get your head out of whatever you were doing before you're actually sitting and, you know, and talk, speaking with someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you mentioned a little bit about how you, you, you are in an industry that uh, does have uh, such little female representation and um, you know, sitting here in Korea, which um, if we look at the Economist's glass ceiling index, uh, it's basically um, always a, a competition between Korea and Japan as to as to who can have the um, the worst rating in, in that aspect. Um, you know, you said that there's something now that you're trying to to help and and trying to um, improve. Uh, is there anything? You know, you're based in the U.S. Um, is, is there anything that um, you've seen recently, which which is kind of, you know, significant developments or or anything, you know, changes that have come about, which which kind of give you, you know, signs of hope, which which you know can maybe make the outlook uh, better. Because I think that um, still we, you know, the fact that we that we have to have an International Women's Day, for example, right? I mean, yeah. I. I I, I want to be in a world where we don't need to have to have these kind of things because it, it's yeah. it's just normal, right? You know. I agree, you know. absolutely. You know, one of the things I always say is I frequently get introduced to you know, uh, here's Sandra. She's a woman in construction, and you know, I wouldn't say, oh, you know, here's Bob. He's a man in construction. No one would ever uh, would do yeah, that. Right? Um, yeah. So I look forward to the day that I'm just introduced to Sandra. And if someone asks me what I do, I'm working construction. Um, I don't know when that's going to happen, um, but I do think it will. In all honesty, do I think we'll ever get 50-50 parity? I really don't. But, you know, certain industries you don't. However, 
you know, I want to at least work towards 34. You know, I don't know what the rate right ratio is, but I don't see that we're going to snap our fingers and it be 50%, right? Um, and I think I mentioned in Korea, like if you look at the nursing industry, you know, that's not 50-50 male and female. So, but it does need to be much more than it is. So I've seen a lot um, lately that I've been very pleased with. I think even things like the United Nations Women's Forum, even just doing what we just did was mm-hmm. very, very inspiring, I think, for a lot of the women there who wanted to see someone who looked like them or, you know, was like, OK, well, wait a minute. Maybe maybe that really is good. Um, I've also seen a lot of training now. Um, even for little girls in their, you know, the fourth or fifth grade, you know, they're, they're going to these summer camps and, uh, it's amazing because they enjoy that. It's fun to put things together and, you know, see how it works and sort of expose them to that. Um, and I always tell people generally, it isn't so much that children aren't interested it's parents usually don't say, hey, you know, when you grow up, I want you to go into construction. I mean, and that's not always something a parent says. But I think it's also, and I know I mentioned this before, but construction is a very noble industry. And I don't think people always understand that it is not just being on a roof hammering. Technology is so amazing. There are so many opportunities there and the industry because of the worker shortage we have we have companies literally going out and reaching out to women and saying hey you know please come we will help provide you training you know that kind of thing I know for ourselves at Procore we actually provide um, our software for free to I can't even know. I don't even know how many, a huge amount of universities so that when the kids are in school at a university, they actually know how to use the tool. And we do that internationally. That's not just in the U.S. So I have a lot of uh, faith that this will uh, continue. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's going to be fast. I I think it's going to be slow. But, you know, two percent a year, you know, it's good. It's much better um, th- than it was. So you have yeah. to take your wins when you can. Yeah, no, I, I think you make a good point. You know, from the very earliest age, you know, the gifts that kids usually get are very kind of segregated. You know, yeah. you, you, you hear parents talking about their own children. Oh, he won't be interested in that because it's pink. She won't yeah. be interested in it because it's a yeah, crane or or whatever, and it's right. and so it's it it really starts from 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 such a young age, um, and and then of course, if that's if that's kind of put into you um, from such an early age, there's a certain inevitability that l- later on there will be tendencies to 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 go in in one direction or another. Of course, yeah, you're conditioned, and to a large extent, you don't want to. Frequently, you don't want to disappoint your parents. Um, But the good news here, I think this is cultural as well. I'd be interested in your thoughts on that. And that is, I think in almost any every industry, we are seeing a focus on diversity. Um, And I think that's slowly getting there as well as that as fast as we want. No, but but to that point of parents or teachers or 
you know, just kind of getting that in their head, like, hey, that was, if you really like doing that, maybe structural engineering might be good, or maybe going into carpentry, or, you know, various different, different things um, would be great. I don't know, what have you seen on the whole, uh, the diversity? Have you seen an increase in that as far as in most companies that you work with or talk with? So I think, I think, um, for me, one of the single biggest barriers is um, the return to work of of females after having children. And if yes. you know, if you look at the trend in Korea, you know, there's a very low birth rate as it is. The yes. female male participation rate in aggregate coming out of university is 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 equal. Um, actually, slightly marginally higher graduation rate for for women than for men in Korea. It's one of the highest in the world. That's amazing, yes. And it goes and it maintain and it continues at that that kind of level of equality in participation until the first child uh, comes along. And of course, there's there's always going to be a momentary um, absence from from work. I say momentary. Yeah. Of course, that's also a relative term, but yeah. but. There, unfortunately, um, the female participation in Korea just never comes back to to anything like the the same kind of level. It just it you know it drops off a cliff, and rather than rebounding after the maternity leave, like like in most countries, um, it unfortunately remains low. And that I think is is the single biggest problem because it means that you're having you know really good. Um, uh, you know, output and contribution at at junior levels, um, right? And when you don't see um, female leaders coming through to more senior levels in the organization, and so that, of course, then feeds uh, back down. Um, and so I think that's a, a you know a bit of a vicious uh, cycle that that's happening. Whereas mm-hmm. I think other countries have been able already to um, you know somewhat um, offset that. Um, and find the ways to to not have such a big impact on on that. So I think that that is probably the single biggest area that uh, needs needs to be focused on. I believe. Okay. Yeah, I agree. When um, when I was there, I, I got to speak with you know just as you did with so many people, and that was one of the number one questions. Uh, was you know I really love want to do this, but I know when I have my first child that, you know, um, as you just mentioned, and I don't have, you know, there's a lot of opinions and thoughts that I could give you or things that have helped me in my career. I don't have an easy answer for that because some of that is cultural, right? Um, Some of it is what's your support system, you know, is your family close by, uh, you know, there, you know, what is your the spouse, I mean, there's lots of different factors. Yeah. So that was the one question that I don't know that I answered every, every question I got, but that was the most difficult question, um, you know, that I had that I wasn't able to, there wasn't an easy button, so to speak, yeah. uh, you know, to answer that. And yeah, you know. yeah for sure. Um, that, that is one that, that varies a lot by country. And, I, yeah, I took a paternity leave um, when when we had our first child, and I um, that was when I was working for a large Korean company, 
And I got messages from strangers uh, in the organization, other colleagues, other male employees that I'd never spoken to before messaging me on the, on, on the messenger um, and, and thanking me for, mm-hmm. uh, for taking this paternity leave. Because at that point, I was one of the very first male uh, employees to ever take a paternity leave because it's, it's not so uh, common here. And they said, um, I'm not even um, I'm not even married yet. I don't have any kids yet. But in the future, I hope mm-hmm. that I really want to take uh, paternity leave and spend time with my with my children. And so thank you for for taking this paternity leave now so that in the future it might. So, I mean, that really got me thinking about about mm-hmm. like legacy and and what you do. A little thing now can have a big impact later on. Yeah. So when you ask me what motivated me. I'm guessing those kind of things motivate you as well. Uh, obviously, there's lots of different things, but if you feel like you can make a difference, even if it's small, you feel good. But I, I think that's wonderful. I, I have never heard as much people taking paternity leave. I think it's great. Uh, you know, it's uh, it was something that I didn't really hear much about. Obviously, when um, you know when I was younger, but. You know, so many companies, including ours, obviously allow that allow for that. And even if a company's did, as you just showed, there could be a stigma. But if someone starts that ball rolling, you know, so uh, that's great. Congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. Because because uh, it, it, it we can we can facilitate all the uh, you know all the programs that we possibly can for for um, you know female participation, female leadership. But uh, if uh, if it's still um, not facilitated by uh, you know the partners um, of those uh, you know women, then you know like you say it's taboo for, for men uh, to take paternity leave. Then it, it's it's always going to be difficult. Whereas if we made parenting more of an equal thing, um, right. then that would probably actually solve um, quite a lot of the problems. Um, Mm-hmm. I want to move on to uh, another topic now, and and I think earlier we talked about your self leadership and and how it is that you kind of manage yourself. Um, you know, you are now also, of course, um, in a senior position in a very large organization with uh, you know a lot of people that um, uh, are under your responsibility. Tell me a little bit about your leadership style uh, with it when it comes to. Uh, managing others and and what has influenced you in in that way you know that has changed and morphed quite a bit uh, over the years and a lot of it's dependent on how much uh how many people Uh, so at one point when i was working for the oil and gas contractor i basically not directly but oversaw like 2000 people. So when you, when that happens and they were, they were in 34 countries. So when that happens, that's one thing as opposed to having, you know, I don't know, even a hundred or, or five or six of your direct reports. So they're, they're totally different. I think in that regard, I will say I enjoy the latter more than the former. Um, so, so I think my leadership style used to be um it really used to be like almost like my trying to be a friend if you will like almost uh i don't want to say too kind but really really encouraging um particularly about women but even if not it didn't really matter you know they were younger and 
you know, particularly if they were like engineers and they're very perfectionistic and concerned. So I really would almost go overboard to to make them feel better. Uh, that actually I learned sort of the hard way was really not it was really not the right way for most people. You know, there's you need a balanced conversation, right? Um, we talk a lot at ProGore about something called radical candor. You know, you're not doing the person a, a favor if you're just always patting them on the head, right? right? You're also not doing them a favor if you're always, you know, bitching at them, right? So somewhere, you know, you need to, to do that. So what I've tried to do now in the last, say, 10 years or so, it's actually a book called Love Languages for Business. There actually is a book for love languages, right, which says in relationships, like romantic, that says, you know, uh, I like gifts and you might like verbal, whatever it is. We need to understand that so we can you know, help you. And so in business, it's a little different. You know, it's not exactly the flowers and hearts. But if you understand what motivates someone, you know, for some people, praise or uh, recognition is very, mm -hmm. very important to them. For other people, money and that kind of thing is very important. So mm -hmm. what I've tried to do, particularly with direct reports, is to understand and you don't bring them in and say, hey, what, you know, but over time, you, know, um, you have conversations. And I think if you can try to break it down to three or four things that, you know, so it isn't one size fits all. Um, sure. Some people... For some people, public recognition actually makes them uncomfortable, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, that's probably I would say I, I would say my leadership style is turned more into as much as possible individuals, um, really just trying to get to know that unique person and what that person needs. Uh, do I do it perfectly? I'm sure that I don't. But uh, I always try to just assume everyone is just like me. Uh, and everyone isn't just like me and everyone isn't just like each other. So um, I don't know if that helps, but uh, I've actually found that to be quite um, because if you think about the Myers-Briggs, you know, you got the INTF, you know, that's too much. Like my brain, like I don't know, it's in, they're introvert, you know, whatever. But for me, quickly, I just need something quickly to remember. This person really, you know, likes this or doesn't like this. So. Definitely, um, definitely. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I mean, that essentially is a, is a kind of like uh, leadership agility, right? Um, and, and you're personalizing it. Um, and I think that's, that, that, that's a, a good one. Um, you know, I, the, one of the frameworks which they talk about is situational leadership. You know, that's, 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 that's kind of the, 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 the framework of what you've described exactly. Yeah. Um, um, do you find that you yourself, um, assume different kind of um, identities depending on the organization or the group that you're in? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, some of that has to do with the culture. When I was at AWS, uh, the culture was quite different than where I am now and where I've been before. And, um, you know, everyone talks about culture. Um, but regardless, if you have a big thing on the wall about your culture or anything, there's a culture in every company. Um, and understanding that is important. Uh, and sometimes there, uh, 
I guess, so I think that has a little bit to do with the management style as well. If someone's coming down, if it's a really harsh environment for me, I don't, I'm not doing my employees a service if I just coddle them because they, because A, I'm taking on that slack, but also as they move up, they're going, they're not going to be used to this, right? And I'm not, I'm not saying what's a good culture or a bad, but there are differences in, in how companies, uh, you know, how they work with their employees and what they expect and, uh, and how they reward employees. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, quite different. I, I thankfully now really, I'm happy that I'm at a company that actually I can do, I can work with employees the way that that's best for them. Uh, so right. Right. Good if you can if you can find that. So the 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 two main kind of uh, foundations of the Get Stuff Done project are building transferable skills, but also trying to understand you know personally what it is that you really want to do, like how how you know how to find, like you said, the the thing that you love, um, in order that you can you know feel more. Um, satisfied um, and fulfilled. If I, I were to ask you uh, for people who are maybe in that situation, uh, not really feeling that they are enjoying what they do and not really sure what to do, any yes. any advice uh, to to try to find that um, that that match that that kind of thing that you love? Um, well, you know, I um, that's a hard one. Let's just say that. So, for example. I have an accounting degree. I don't okay. use it. I don't, nothing against accounting. I, it, it doesn't fit me, um, you know, so, um, but even in the engineering company that I went to work for, so I guess here's what I would say. My personal experience has been to try to see if there's something within the organization that you're already in. So okay. for me, I was in the engineering group, you know, that's all fine, but we were bringing in new technology. And, uh, you know, this is a long time ago, it's an ERP system, which, you know, a <laughs> long time ago. But I was like, you know, that sounds kind of interesting. I, I'd really like to get involved with that. So I raised my hand. And um, now, I, I mean, I obviously work quite a bit, you know, with, I'm actually work more with construction than even the engineering. But most of mine is, is bringing technology with the industry. And so I think that's really fun. So that was one way. If you can do that, depending on the size of your company, um, you know, those kind of things. But uh, to be really transparent, I think it's I think it's hard to just say, well, because sometimes you don't know what you're passionate about. You know, when you're, you know, you think, Maybe it's this, but but maybe it's yeah. that. Now, I will say this. Um, I think everyone thinks their route to success should be this way. Mine, if you ever look at my career, is really crazy. It's been like this and that, you know, whatever. And you have to also not be scared to take a step back, um, okay. which is something that I did. And it was very hard for me. I uh, CIO at a company, great company. Loved it. Traveled all, you know, all the time, which was, you know, I'm mean, gone three weeks out of four. That whole thing, but it's a very prestigious job, and I loved it. But after a couple of years, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I said, okay, you know what? I'm just going to retire. 
<laughs> this was like 20 years ago. I'm just going to retire and teach Pilates. That's all I want to do. And uh, I did that, I don't know, six months. And I, yeah, now I, I got to get back in the game. But what happened was that the big jobs I had were not available. So I, um, I took a position that was several what most people say levels down in order to get back in. But, but that actually turned out to be really good. It brought another skill in that I could use. Okay. So I think it's also, I think it's okay to say, you know what, I'm going to take a step back to learn something new. Um, yeah. And there is sort of that stigma. I've got to always go up, up, up sure. uh, or, or laterally either which yeah. one I, life is not a, uh, a straight line. And sure. Uh, sure. so if that's possible, I, I think that's good. I've heard people say, you know, if you have a, a passion for something and it isn't in your work, you can do that through charities and that kind of thing. For me, most of my time is spent at work. So I want it to be something, I want my work to be something that, that really I enjoy. I don't think of it as work when I get up every day. Generally, I don't, Yeah. Uh, you know, so. Yeah, no, no, I think that's absolutely, uh, you know, spot on is that, that um, uh, it can, you, people do feel kind of pressurized and, and constrained um, on, based on their job title or, or the level that they are at, at any one time and have a very kind of blinkered view of what their options are without actually considering all the options, which might not be a, a, a kind of like an instant, um, you know, move forward in, in whatever way that they define that, but but ultimately um, is is that. So, I, I, again, I think, Sandra, that's why uh, I'm so happy that uh, you agreed to this podcast because you have um, so much insight and, and it's based on real experience, which I just think is fantastic. So um, we're, we're pretty much out of time. Um, okay. Thank you so much for, for being a guest um, on on this podcast when, you know, we're still in the early episodes. Um, so it's it's still developing and it's, st it's still getting out there. But but I hope that um, through this episode, more people will will come to to listen and enjoy um, and, and hopefully gain gain some insights. Um, if you uh, want to watch uh, the, the video of this, we, we do put it out on YouTube. If you uh, want to just uh, have the audio, then that's available on all good uh, podcast channels. Um, and importantly, through our LinkedIn page, the Get Stuff Done project uh, page, which we have um, on LinkedIn as well. So please also be a follower there. Um, Sandra, thank you so much uh, for being our guest today. Thank you. It was an honor to be here. I enjoyed my time. And hope you can join on the future episodes. Thanks so much, everybody. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Get Stuff Done podcast. If you would like to be a guest in the future, please do reach out. Or if you would like to recommend someone, that would be awesome as well. Make sure you keep listening as we will be bringing you fresh insights every week because getting stuff done is something everyone needs.